1970, I joined my third band, and it was called Mud Crutch. We were from Gainesville, Florida, and we became very popular around that area. And uh, in the band, I met Mike Campbell and Ben Montanch. And uh, after a few years, we decided to go to LA and look for a record contract. Now, to our extreme surprise, we got several offers in the first couple of days, but uh, the guy that we really trusted the most was this fellow named Denny Cordell. It was one of those random thoughts I had. I just thought to myself, I wonder if it would work if we got everyone back together. We thought the Epics was too corny a name, so we picked this really terrible one. Mud Crutch. <laughs> when the idea first came up, it was like, well, can they still play? The bonus, what I didn't really plan on was how much I would really like the music. It's just natural. It really is almost like coming home. Welcome to another episode of Yeah, Uh-Huh with Lisa, Phil, and Aaron. And this week we are joined again by Admin Thea, one of our favorite guests from the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. Greetings and hallucinations, everybody. Greetings. And today we're going to discuss uh, another album. This is another episode of Aaron's Audio Edibles, where we take an album that I had not specifically heard before, and we're going to go, we're going to break it down track by track. Um, as we do, we're going to listen to some clips while we do it. And uh, before we get into all that fun, we wanted to talk a little bit about a concert that Aaron went to. We want to keep it topical. So the uh, Flaming Lips are on tour apparently right now, and Aaron caught them the other night. How was that show, Aaron? Um, it was excellent. Thanks. Greetings, everybody. Um, the, they performed Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, the, the album in its entirety, and then they, there was a set break, and they came back and you know played for probably another hour, but... Uh, YouTube theaters connected to SoFi Stadium. They like share a roof with this little plaza between them. Okay. Cited a Super Bowl a couple years or a couple years ago. Yep. Oh, that's right. When it was the Bengals, right? Right. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was a, a really new theater. It seems like any seat in the place would be a good seat, no matter no matter if you're stuck in the corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um they uh had on the screen behind them along with a bunch of psychedelic imagery throughout everything the lyrics to every song they did which is kind of cool oh yeah that's helpful that is cool yeah yeah and um there was one cover song that they did was uh madonna border borderline borderline okay okay yep no it will cool yeah that was cool did he make appearance or did he just mention no um they they did the the song that where she described uh, taking acid and going in her backyard and watching light bugs, yeah, which I guess are lightning bugs. Lightning bugs, yeah. Probably. And um, and pretending that they're spaceships. <laughs> oh my! And so she's telling this whole story, and they um, they said that they took every word in her story and put it into this song. And he was dressed as a Very flower. Cool. He he they, he put on a costume of a flower. Right. Nice. Yeah, I saw that on YouTube. Yeah, we saw the video. I thought that they were bringing yeah. out a cape like James yeah, Brown. Yeah, somebody somebody shot like uh 
or posted like eight or 10, I think maybe even 12 songs that they did. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking through some of those and, and, you know, it was reminding, it reminded me of the whole Musgraves thing because it went, went in and out of my head by the end of the show. They like to collaborate, don't they? I mean, they did the uh, stuff. Yeah, with, they're, uh, they're big collaborators. Miley Cyrus, you know. Miley Cyrus, the the Dark Side of the Moon thing they did. They had Henry Rollins, among other people. Oh, that's Thea's. Uh, I show. love Henry Rollins. Yeah, me too. He's my punk rock boyfriend. I love Rollins. I saw him at the country club in Reseda. Was he doing spoken word? No, he, he was doing music. Rollins band or Rollins Black Flag? Band. Rollins band. Okay. Yeah. Does he still do Black Flag? No. No. Okay. That would have no, been when he we were even, in high school. Yeah, right. he doesn't even do Rollins band anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he does any music anymore other than he, he did the a lot of spoken word stuff on the Pink Floyd. He, he's like, I've always been mad. I know I've been mad. I've been mad for fucking years. You know that one? Yep. Yep. I saw him on his spoken word tour last May. Awesome. So is that all it is? Is just poetry or spoken word? Um, he does a lot. It's just spoken word. He tells a lot of stories about his travels and whatnot and experiences he's had. Yeah. He's just a really good speaker. Yeah. He's won Grammys for his spoken word stuff, right? Yeah. He's great. I'm surprised he doesn't have a show right now, like uh, CNN or something, you know? He like had something on discovery or history or something like that um, going for a while, which was really good. Mm-hmm. It was like Henry Rollins questions things or whatever. And it was, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I vaguely um, remember that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know how long it lasted, but he no longer does it now, unfortunately. Um, but you know, he's, he's doing pretty, he, he's just kind of doing his own thing. Now he writes, he yeah. goes and does photography Travels the world. He's got to have a podcast, right? Everybody's got a podcast. He he does, but it's very inconsistent. Like, I don't think there's been a new episode on his show for a, a year and a half, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, every once in a great while, something will pop up. Um, but, yeah, he does have one. Cool. All right. Well, sounds like I still have a few time. feeds like that that are all but dead, except once once every year or two, something will drop in there. Yep. Yeah. That's, That's Henry. Like rock and roll archaeology or yeah, rock and roll archaeology. Those come out like once every nine months or something when Christian has time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Had a lot of research to do. Yeah. And we should say before we get started here that the Pantheon network that Rock and Roll Heaven is on just added a couple cool new shows. The one is the Metallica show. That's pretty cool because it's apparently um authorized by the band it's got interviews with the band and people around the band and stuff and it's it's short and sweet but it's like giving the status on their current tour i think they were in europe for a while now they're in america um so i'll be listening to that a little bit uh, don't expect aaron will yeah i was never into metallica yeah me either i, I actually um left a Lollapalooza early when they were the headliner yeah i remember hard to get out but- Right after you left Cincinnati, well, not right after you, you were gone long enough to have a child and and I, you know, or two. And I was like, uh, so do you name Lars after, uh, oh, yeah. and, and you just like lost, you, you didn't lose it, but the Aaron version of losing it is what happened. <laughs> just blank stare came over his face. Like, oh. <laughs> he wasn't having it. Yeah, no, it was not. Yeah. Anyway, 
we're going to talk about an artist that I think Aaron likes quite a bit better than Metallica. And it's one of the bands that the great Tom Petty um, started, you know, started. In fact, it is the first band that he started or joined back in Gainesville, Florida, back in the mid 70s. Yeah, before that, he had a band. He was in a band called the Epics, um, but that was when they were still in high school. I think this was their first like real band. Mm-hmm. And when they started out, Tom was not even the main singer, not necessarily the center of attention of Mud Crutch. You know, he was a bassist. Mm-hmm. Um, their sound, I think that they already had Mike Campbell and Ben Montinch. Uh, I don't know if Stan Lynch was involved yet no um, no he wasn't in mud crutch okay. nope. but uh, a lot of the elements were there that eventually would become the heartbreakers but they were just mm-hmm. teenage kids and there's a there's a there's a good documentary out there it's a couple years old i think it's called running down a dream that chronicles that early period or mud crutch really well um there was a point yeah, in time I, that i watched that back when it first came out yeah it's almost four hours long yeah yeah Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to watch something like that in episodes. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times now. And I started yep. watching it again last night. And I was struck by uh, you know, it, it was one of the more uh extensive conversations or or you know, getting to know Tom a little bit better than mm-hmm. you ever really know him. You know him as this kind of like yeah. Uh, yeah, stoic, laid back, hip, you know, dude, you know, and everything. But it really it had a famous director too, right? Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yep. That qualifies. Big, big fan. Yeah. I, yeah was, I know the name. He's the one that was married to uh, Sybil Shepherd, right? Yeah. No, I they never got married. Oh, that's right. They were. He, they were. he kind of he put her in the movie, her first movie, and um, she and he had a, a relationship, kind of an I guess an early version of uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie situation. He had a a, a well liked wife and and he basically you know but it wasn't the first person he left someone else for that he worked oh. with so he had a tendency to have relationships with the women in his movies. His leading ladies, right? Yeah, kind of like I guess Hitchcock. And Hitchcock she was, was like I guess nineteen at the time, and they became kind of the Hollywood uh, negative it color couple. Right. Mm. They're kind of the yeah. big league people a little bit, like you right. know who I am, you know, kind of get the best uh, seat in the, the yeah. you know, the bistro or whatever. Anyway, um, but the, the documentary tells a, a good story about how uh, Tom and just a portion of the band took off and made the road trip from Gainesville to Los Angeles, literally trying to find a record deal like the classic American story. And they went out there and they went to Capitol records and they went to, um, you know, all these different places got turned down many times and had a lot of perseverance, but finally uh, secured a record deal, you know, knocking on doors basically. So, I mean, it's yep. kind of a great American story, you know, but I'm not sure what record comp- label they signed with though. Was it Capitol? Does anybody know? Wasn't it Jimmy Iovine's? Um, uh, I don't remember what label it was. Reprise. Oh, yeah, that's, reprise. that's Mud Crutch too. I'm sorry. Yeah. You okay. okay. Uh, I don't remember who they originally signed with. So Mud Crutch had one album. But they. Well, and, so they and what broke them up? Well, I, mean, I guess they never did. 
they never did record an album in those days as Mud Crush. Is that right? Thea? Right. That's that's correct. They, they kind of took them and said, "Okay, we're going to uh, re we're going to redesign this, and you're going to be." They came up with the name Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And I guess they added um, Stan Lynch as their drummer and mm-hmm. developed less, you know, more of a, a polished sound. It very much was like a pop group at the beginning. I don't know, rock and roll hybrid pop group. They were heavily. One of the guys was one of the one of the Eagles brothers, right? Tom uh, Randall Marsh or uh, Ledden. That's right. Uh, Tom Ledden's brother is Bernie Ledden. But like uh, refugee. That's like my first exposure to him. I saw him like on Midnight Special or something. I was like, oh, that's cool. I saw him on SNL doing Refugee. They yeah. couldn't categorize them and they would have them on these weird, um, you know, they would end up on a bill with like the Ramones and Mink DeVille, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And that would be a little bit of a jarring difference. Oh, I would not, have loved to have seen quite, that show. Not quite when Philip was listening to Metallica and Bach, <laughs> but, you know. I would love to have I seen mean, that uh, show. Bronx. Yeah. Well, I mean, all along, I feel like today we're a rock and roll. Yeah, I'm not roots, saying I would be against that show. It just, you know. A Roots rock and roll band, even if they did have the videos, and you know, like, don't come around here no more and all that stuff with the Alice in Wonderland theme and stuff. And they really uh, delved into the pop world. They really, the sound was a rock and was a really gritty rock and roll sound, sometimes punkish. I think we talked about that before, like during the, uh, the. Uh, yeah. Uh, songs like I Need to Know, you know, are very, very much so like under three minutes, kind of get in, get out kind of kind of song. And then they became well known for their videos. I mean, they made some incredible videos on MTV. Oh, yeah. um, you Got Lucky is an incredible video. Uh, Don't Come Around Here No More is an incredible video. Into the Great Wide Open. I mean, Last Dance with Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. They, 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 yeah, yeah, they really became known for their videos. They were amazing. Free Fallen. I, always I like- mean, it's one of those things where it's such a good song and such a good video that the whole uh, fact that it's about necrophilia <laughs> kind of like gets ignored. Yeah. Right. I always like the, the video for Free Falling because it's I never did see like, a, isn't it the Sunset Strip that it's overlooking for the most part during that video? I think but so. I- so I've never seen Los Angeles in that. You know, that's a that was probably familiar to a Los Angelino, but not to me. But I thought it was, and I like the song. But anyway, yeah, his absolutely phases. You know that pop phase, and then he kind of reinvented himself when he mm-hmm. hooked up with uh, Rick Rubin. He did Wildflowers. You know, I, I don't yeah. want to get too deep into. Uh, and well, my thing about Jeff it, Lynn. Is- he had the Jeff Lynne collabs, traveling Wilburys. Even with each change there's so much change and yet it's still the 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 core the base is him to me yeah right and that's where absolutely that's where he works for me like with madonna she could go completely different and it's hardly even recognizable as madonna to an extent but there's always tom petty you know it's a tom petty song even if it's yeah. brand new, you've never heard it before, that has to be Tom Petty. Right. And then you're right. Yeah. 
there's some great music, especially that I only freak uh, recently, really within the last couple of years, I guess the some of his later music, like on uh, Echo, um, Swing, you know, the song Swinging, mm-hmm. uh, the Top. These songs are just amazing, and if, if people haven't, you know, revisited some of that stuff, they should. But mm-hmm. at one point, um, Tom, obviously there was an an itch to scratch or mm-hmm. unfinished business or something in him where he mm-hmm. felt like he had to go back to the mud crutch and um, resume that part of his career. And so he, he did that in like 2008 or so they released their first album. And there yep. were a lot of covers on that, right? Yeah, there's some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, was, mud crutch never really broke up. They mm-hmm. never really broke up. It just kind of paused. Yeah. I think one or two of them left for, for Linda Ronstadt's band. Yep. Replacing the Eagles. Or I don't know if replacing the Eagles, but subsequent to the Eagles. Right, right. That's interesting. Cause I think I, I remember in a documentary the guy was talking about how he was sitting around his house or something, and Tom called him and said, Hey, we're we're gonna reform. And I didn't know if the guy was working at a warehouse or something like that, but apparently he stayed in in the music business. I'm not sure which one of those they were interviewing, but so, but they they did that, and then I guess they did a couple more Heartbreaker albums, but then they did a second Mudcrutch album, and that's what we're here to break down today. Yep, two. And Thea brought this to us. She uh, it was it left an imprint on her. Oh yeah, and this was recorded in 2015, so it's you know long mm-hmm. after they broke up. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. Thea, why don't you tell us a little bit why this album's meaningful? Well. Number one, just the, the 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 artistry and the music alone is just huge to me. It just left such a big impact. Um, number two, they announced their little tour of Mud Crutch um, in 2016, and uh, try as I might, couldn't get tickets to the Denver show or the Boulder show. They sold out so fast because there's such a hardcore following of Tom Petty. Um, and something Petty's always done, which is great to take care of his fans, is like he'll he'll do special sales just for fan club members. So we tried so hard to get a Denver show, couldn't do it. And then towards the end of the tour, they added a show in San Diego, California. And uh, the the boyfriend and I ended up driving out to San Diego. You know, we left the night before and got there about two or three o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And uh you know, ended up seeing him at this beautiful place in San Diego called Humphreys by the Bay. Um, I stood 10 feet from Tom Petty. They they treated Mud Crutch like it was a smaller band, just, you know, kind of paying their dues. It was just such an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The Heartbreakers. And I understand that Tom Petty has had a career long um, insistence on not bumping the tickets up so high that that actual fans can't afford them or or have to like yep. go to debt right yep in fact for for the 40th anniversary tour um we bought our tickets on through the fan club and we had to go to will call at red rocks both nights because we went to both nights at red rocks um to pick up our tickets and that were his rules just to make sure that the, the tickets got into the hands of the fans it must have been amazing. Red Rocks must be awesome. Yep. All three times I saw Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were at Red Rocks. That's a cool venue. I can, you know, I can tell by the photos, not that I've ever been there, but it's just. Oh, really it's cool. incredible. Um, but one of their last, uh, the Heartbreakers, they were on their last tour. One of their last stops was Cincinnati. And we 
I, I don't know if I told Lisa that I was on that I was looking into tickets, but I was. I would have enjoyed that. And, you know, I was considering tickets and uh, mm-hmm. ultimately didn't get them and now really regret it. I mean, How I come? Think that, I'm sorry. Much? Well, I don't know if it was so much that it was just uncertainty. You know, we weren't going to a lot of shows at the time. It's not like mm-hmm. something we had a normal, you know, cycle of things to do. But I really thought, you know, that that was one that I really regret not going for. You know, we yeah. should have went ahead and took the plunge. Yeah, I know Philip used to be a fan of Jeff Rotol and he's coming soon. And I had, uh, I am not, uh, but uh, but we were, uh, I, I was asking if he wanted to go to that. And he said, no, but we are going to, uh, this Friday, we're going to see uh, ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner. Right. Skip oh, wow. Skinner, go see ZZ Top. Well, we might well, have to. <laughs> yeah, they're, it, they're together. It's a cover band. I know. Right, right. We know. But, you know, I mean, it's about the experience. And yeah, are they bad or did you see them? I just have a problem. No, and and they were they were barely legit to me in my opinion when Gary Rosington was alive because um, he was the only living member of Skinner that was around and still in the band. But now that Gary yeah. Rosington's gone, it truly is a cover band now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and then that's you know uh, we uh, you know it just kind of depends on I, I think ZZ Top is the headliner. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so. The thing is that with the handicap parking and me in a wheelchair, we kind of have to get there a little bit early, no matter what. Gotcha. Especially with a larger venue, the way that's set up. Sure. Sure. You know, we're going to we're going to get some dinner beforehand. So we'll probably be leaving here at like four. We might miss Leonard Skinner anyway. Yeah, Yeah, it's always possible. Yeah. But, you know. But, the ZZ Top's really good. I saw ZZ Top a couple of weeks ago in Grand Junction, Colorado, and they were great. I have a feeling there's not going to be uh, any dead air. I feel like the, the ZZ Top, their their library of music is pretty, uh, ex, you know, recognizable. A lot of earworms and then the guitars and everything. Sure. A, a pretty fast show. You know? Oh, yeah. So good. I think you guys saw some of my pictures. I didn't get any video of that show, but I got some really good pictures. We had some great seats to see ZZ Top. Cool. Yep. All right. So that brings us to our album. Yay. 11 tracks on two by Mud Crutch. Is this Tom's last um, studio album? Is that- uh, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Because yeah, he passed in 2017. Yeah. Yep. But and then his start- last album with the Heartbreakers was uh, Hypnotic Eye. Okay, I have listened to that. I've given it a couple of listens. Um, I just I like that one too. What year it's was good. that? It reminds Hypnotic Eye was 2014, I believe. 14. So 11 tracks on this album. The first of which is called Trailer. And yeah. Let's go ahead and just play a little sample here, and then we'll break it down a little bit. Kept up my interest. I kept up my payments. She never said goodbye. I never asked why. So there's trailer. Thea, why don't you kick it off? You got any notes on this song? I mean, it- yeah, this is the only one I really um, made notes on. Everything else, I want to fly by the seat of my pants with, um, just because I love this album so much. Uh, trailer is a really sweet little song. It's very twangy, uh, very uh, folk rock tune. 
Uh, written and recorded in 1984, it was initially conceived as a part of Southern Accents. It was trimmed off by Petty and Jimmy Iovine and relegated to the B-side of Don't Come Around Here No More. Um, it was later released as a part of the playback box set and then again resurfaced for Mud Crutch 2. Uh, but that song's been around for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. the only song I knew before listen before you know before this project. Yeah. Because I had playback. Yep. Playback's great. Yeah. Playback. What is that? It's, it's the box Tom set Petty they box released. Set. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know, it was what, two discs worth of mud crutch on it, maybe? Yep. About that. Some live music and stuff on it. Yeah. Actions, All kinds of, of stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it's had uh, great harmonica, uh, int- you know, at the beginning. Um, yep. It strikes me as auto, you know, autobiographical, whether it is or not, but about his life in, in Florida. Um, we used to dance to Leonard Skinner, ironically. Yeah. That was an interesting mm-hmm. illusion in the song. It kind of, I feel like, okay, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, Kid Rock's like trying to rip off that vibe a little bit or something. But maybe with what was the country song he did? Sweet Old Mile Alabama all summer long. And it, I don't know. Isn't he from Detroit? Yeah. Yeah, he but, is. I felt like he was trying to capture a little bit of that mud and crutch magic with that that pop song he did. Maybe. Um, Ain't cut out for working. That's a I can sympathize with that uh, theory or that state of mind. So what's left to do but create a band? It was a way that I kind of took this this uh, song. I I you know I gave a score of three and a half out of five in my ranking. Yeah. So not my favorite, but a good a good start. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a good song. There's nothing on this album that I don't like. Um, just all all around. I just I find it to be a, a solid, solid album, and the craftsmanship is just incredible. And trailer's a good song. It's a nice start to the this album. Right. But yeah, you Aaron, anything else? Thea and Lisa both ranked at number five. <clears throat> I ranked at number three. Mm-hmm. Phil ranked at number six. There you go. Yep. Right about in the middle there. So uh we are ranking, you know, we're doing our uh banger it's a banger it's a banger it's a banger yeah there's a 11 tracks on this album so. and we'll yeah. make the very arbitrary and random uh decision what the best track is and call it the banger but that's what it's i mean random. it's it's a uh, there's a uh a complicated and impressive system that Aaron's has set up to score the um the I song tr- well, yeah, but, but our, the results our, the result yeah, the result. this week is a tie so we do have to add some oh, yeah. kind of uh no okay, still well <laughs> we can vote on the tie well we'll see yeah at that point i i was inclined to think maybe thea would break the tie but uh we'll see okay yeah well, it came it came out in the ranking of thea's rankings actually yeah nice one and two okay yeah yeah <laughs> So now uh, we well, move on are. to the second and track. And alphabetically, the same, it would come the same way. So. Yeah. I think we'll declare one of them. Right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, dreams of Flying. Yeah. 
this. Mm -hmm. This go ahead, Aaron. You get what's your, what's your well, notes on it? It would be a spoiler to uh, reveal where Thea ranked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. I won't. I won't. I don't even remember what my rankings were. But uh, this is I... um. I'm probably going to say this a lot today, but this was just a very Tom Petty song. It is. Yeah. Which is in no way, no, by no means a cut down at it. No, 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 not a, it's not like, a bad thing at all. It's what, it's what you look for on a mud crutch album. Yeah. This is one of my favorite songs ever. I just, I love this song. I love yeah. the imagery that's painted with it. The story, you can close your eyes and see those bright lights of Memphis. Um, mm. It's just a beautiful song. You know, I and, I, and I love the I love the line "Giving up is like dying." I've got mm -hmm. dreams of flying. And what's the heartbreaker song? Um, Learning to fly. I feel like this is yeah. kind of like a companion song to that, or vice versa. Could where, be. You know, yeah, but, it could be. Um, it's kind of got the signature Mike Campbell guitar solo in the middle. Although there's another, yeah. there's two guitarists on this album, right? There's Mike, and then there's uh, um, Tom Ledden. Yeah. So. Uh, most of these songs have some sort of guitar solo in it, but I'm not always sure. I, I feel like I can almost make out Mike Campbell. There's some steel guitar in some of these too. Yeah. yeah I believe Mike's the lead guitar player on this. Um, so most of the solos you're going to hear, I believe are going to be him. I could be wrong on that though. Not, not throwing shade at Tom Ledden. He's, he's a very good musician too, but you can, Mike Campbell's solos have a sound to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like the protagonist is like looking back on his life or himself. Uh, the friend who lives in Memphis is him at a different point in life. Could be. It's kind of, but I, I yeah, this is, go ahead, Thea. That's the beauty of Tom Petty as a lyricist. This is one of those, one of the things that makes him just an amazing lyricist, in my opinion, one of the best songwriters in the world. Um, there's what the song means to Tom Petty at the time. There's what the surface meaning of the song is, and there's the meaning that the listener needs it to be at the time. And yeah, not like Bob can, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like you know that just that that makes somebody an incredible songwriter when you can fit all three of those things. And uh, it just he's incredible. And this is just another example of that. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites on the album. I, I think Aaron's got the list there. He could check me, but I, it's right up there. Um, I think I had it number two. What about you, Lise? Where you got this one? I have no idea. <laughs> you have to check your list. Yeah, okay. and I don't know where you put it. Okay. Yeah, Lisa <laughs> had it number six. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Um, um, Phil had it number two, yeah. And I had it number four. Number yeah, four. so it's up there for all of us. Right. So. Yep. Well, it's a, it's, it was incredible live, I'll tell you that. You know, I can still close my mm -hmm. eyes and 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 just see myself standing there singing along to got a diamond on my finger like a, a fairly small club outside venue the thousand Outdoor people venue okay thousand yeah i think that i yeah i think the capacity of humphreys by the bay is 1100 wow oh wow that yeah really so when they toured mud crutch they toured it like a small band i'm telling you yeah i, you know, I remember you saying gone, that earlier and i, I was they just they could have gone that, red rocks but the places they played like even here in denver the bluebird theater it's like a thousand people that's it and that's why you didn't get They're, tickets yeah so people i mean so when mud crutch tours uh, denver is a spot that a lot of the fan club club flied into um denver's a destination so there's a yeah. big facebook group called tom petty nation um, and there's Denver's a place that people would fly into to go to petty shows at Red Rocks or go see Mud Crutch. You know, it's a destination place. 
Same thing happens with Mike Campbell it's and the Dirty Knots. Pretty Nons. centrally located too. You can meet friends yeah. from the other side of the country. Yep. Yep. Shoot. There's a there's a large there's a large amount of Tom Petty Nation people here in Denver, and a lot of us meet up regularly. We know each other. We hang out together. You know, we do a lot of stuff like that. We have get-togethers, so it's it's a lot of fun to go to anything Petty related, whether it be Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, whether it be Mud Crutch. Now it's you know everybody gathers for Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs when when his shows hit here. Right. So it's pretty cool. To the stage in such a small venue, did you like uh, to get? You said you were ten feet away from the band and Tom. Yeah, yeah. Notice how they communicate? How they communicate or anything during the concert? That's a uh, you know. Mike Campbell, Mike Campbell is different on these smaller shows. Like his his presence and his persona on stage is different on these smaller shows. Like he's very grin, big grin. You can tell he's just happy to be there jamming and all that stuff. A lot of interaction with the crowd, smiling, pointing out people. Um, Petty is just as shy in Mudcrutch as he was in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You know, you can tell he's a humble guy on stage. Right. His mannerisms. You're right. In between songs. He'd kind of turn around, was back to the, you know, yep. talk to the drummer or something, looking down at his instrument or whatever. He and then he would come up to the mic and then he would, you know, he's never really effusive or demonstrative or anything like that. Nope, he was the bass no, player in Mud Crutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he would, but he was still, you know, maybe in the small place, but I mean, in the big place. Humble guy, yeah, he's a humble guy. I do love that interplay between Lynch and Petty, and here comes my girl in the video. <laughs> Yeah, when, when they're playing off each other, when when you know, uh, like during the middle of that song, um, I thought that was uh, that was you know that was cool, but that's really yeah. kind of not his mo generally. No, typically yeah. not. All right, well, this next one was really good. I really like "Beautiful Blue." Let's play a little bit of that before we talk about it. Love as I kissed you, dropping ashes in your tea. pretty song um again there's nothing bad on this album it's not one of my favorites on this one um but it's it's a good pretty song but there's others that i like more mm-hmm. yeah um aaron I, it's my number one i think it's got some of the best guitar work on the album yeah there yeah. is some really and good guitar work on it i have it pretty high myself um i like the imagery about the shadows um mm-hmm. about love and marriage you know or at least marriage um lisa pointed out the institute you can't disparage yeah right Right. but lisa mentioned out mentioned that i do is like a prominent lyric in the out in the song so that's why yeah we're we're sitting here talking about it listening to it and we thought about you know maybe it's about marriage um you know with the tree painted with bottles or i guess bottles a, 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 a southern wedding staple if you're having your your wedding outside what? you put uh candles in the bottles and then you hang them on the trees what does so that mean i want to wrap you up in a beautiful blue 
Yeah. What is a beautiful blue? Uh. The beautiful blue sky. I, I don't know. Right. I don't get that lyric personally. How about you, Thea? I don't remember if Tom wrote this one or not. Um, I suspect he, he, he did. did. And, yeah. and to me, I think he's talking about his wife, Dana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But what's what does the beautiful blue refer to? Maybe her blue That's, eyes. No. Yeah, could be. Her blue just I as don't it. know. Yeah. Or his. <laughs> Again. Yeah, it's the mastery of his lyrics. It's, it's the mastery of his songwriting. There's what it means to him, whatever the surface yeah. meaning is, and what it means to you. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, blue could be considered uh, a happy color. Yeah. So maybe he means calming. Happy yeah. Ocean. Or calming. I know that. Ocean. I yep. I know that he and Dana had a beach house in Malibu. Okay. That was like their happy place. Yeah. I interacted with Dana on uh, Facebook once. That was cool. Was she's an incredible support. woman. <laughs> yeah. And she responded. She is, yeah, she she's she's incredible. Um, I am friends with her on Facebook. I've never met Dana. Um, I've never spoken with Dana. I have had a few conversations via private message with her. Um, you know, just she's just a really sweet down-to-earth lady, and I just feel for her. Um, you know, and she's pretty been pretty public about it that there'll never be another one for her. Um, you know, and she's just devastated to be without him. I just I feel for her. And apparently he he took her son Dylan in at like his own and and treated him like his own. And um, I'm not saying for people to go out and flood her with requests or anything. That is not what I'm saying. Give the woman her privacy. Um, but you know, to those of the, those people that she is connected with through social media, she's pretty open, you know, about her memories and her feelings. And it's it's just yeah. devastating to watch it. I just feel for the woman so badly. Weren't you relaying Luca's story from from the show about uh, Kate Hudson? I did, yeah, yeah. And she, uh, what did she say? She elaborated on it. He's, Kate, he, um, I guess he was deciding what to play next, and Kate yeah. Hudson yelled. Um, room at the top and he says i don't play that one anymore i don't care who your mama is yeah well she she remembered the story she remembered exactly what i was talking about and she said something like uh you know it's just too sad it was too sad for him to play or something and and then i i I did also mention that i we had thought about going to his show in cincinnati and she said well she kind of put my mind at ease was like well we all thought there'd be more gigs yeah yeah yeah, everybody no, I was, did. I always it assumed was, I'd get around to a petty show. I never did. You know, and I, I, I'm sorry. My baby sat at the last one. My wife and daughter went to Hollywood Bowl. I am not the last to, one, they but the last him. one they went to. Yeah, it's it yeah. was it was a few years before he died. I'm so sorry that you guys never had a chance to see him. It was it was incredible. I guess I've seen him a total of five times, three times with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Once with Mud Crutch and once in 2003 at the Forum in Los Angeles, um, I went to see the Recording Artists Coalition benefit show. Um, Stevie Nicks was basically, you know, she was one of the headliners of that show and Tom Petty came out on stage with her. Awesome. And yeah. Yeah. So I've seen him a total of five times and each time just a gift. I was like, I don't want it to happen again because I work with a lady and she goes to all these shows. I mean, she goes, to, I see her on Facebook. I talk to her at work. She goes to all these shows. Some of them I'm like, that don't, you know, I would have, I would have passed on that one, but she's very active, but she went and saw it. And I was like, 
what? And I'm jealous. I'm like, well, why the hell didn't I go? And it's like from then on, it's like if anybody comes like that, and there's really not a lot of artists like that at this point, I'm going to make yeah. it. Yeah, but, I absolutely. But the cost could be prohibitive. But well, and and uh, yeah. if there's something that you want to go to, and I don't want to oh, go, yeah. I would be okay with you going with someone else. Okay, one of, one of my like, biggest. Well, like for instance, Ween is um, coming to this area in the near yeah. future. Not not only do they not only are they not ADA compliant, but you would hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. And uh, well, I don't think it's an ADD, ADA situation. I mean, I don't know what venue are they at. I don't know the venue, but it's apparently yeah. very small, kind of like the one Thea was yeah. talking about. Because it's like three hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. a ticket too. I'm not yeah. Doing oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Skip yeah. it. Not doing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just it's too much. I mean, yeah. I, more power to them if they can draw a crowd at three hundred and fifty dollars a ticket, but. Yeah. Uh-uh. Man, what a show that not, would be though. If if you wanted to go, we could get you a ticket by yourself. I'm not like a fanatic. And then you we, like, I, I, it's just yeah, I, no, I would it's, like to see it. It's you know, a it's a catch them if you can kind of thing, but right. it's not right. a pay three hundred and fifty dollars to see them in a tiny club kind of thing. You'd yeah. have to be a hardcore wiener. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should call themselves wieners. Wieners. Yeah. <laughs> I have two shows that are my big regrets, and one is yeah. Dr. John. Like back in 2018 or 19, he did a show at Red Rocks. And I was like, oh, I'll catch him on the next tour. Well, there wasn't a next tour. And then the the other one before that was Prince did um, a few shows at a very small club here called the Ogden. Tickets were like 250 bucks a piece. But it's like, see, it's a small venue, like maybe 1,500 people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that'd be worth it. I I wish I'd have done it because, you know, again, we don't have Prince now. Right. Well, and uh, the last time that Prince came to Cincinnati, I, I think it was the last time, uh, mm-hmm. along with his big advertised shows, he did this little uh, surprise show at this place called Bogarts here in Cincinnati. And I mm-hmm. don't know what size venue it is. I don't think it's even 1,100 people. I mean, no, it's probably it, more than that. I'll, I'll look really? up Bogarts capacity. Okay. Cool. But I mean, it's a fairly small it's capacity. It's as the Midwest's no premier concert showcase. It's standing room <laughs> only. And what they did yeah. was the day before on the radio, they were saying, come see Blue and Red at Bogarts, you know, and they were making this big point about it and really emphasizing it. And it turns out it was Prince doing one of those nostalgic, intimate tours yeah. along with his bigger tour. So, and he had been to Bogarts before when he was, you know, first coming out and, yeah. uh, and, and he had liked the venue, 1500. Okay. Well, that surprises me because, but I guess maybe the upstairs part too, because there is a, a balcony area upstairs, uh, but that, you know, yeah, yeah. but the, the lower yeah. part, it didn't have any seats. It was just standing only the whole room. Well, uh, last thing I would say about beautiful blue mm-hmm. it's like aaron i love the guitar work yeah to me it has a little bit of a uh yacht rocky vibe to it <laughs> i'm not gonna hold against it but i thought right do, do either of you think there's a little yacht rockiness to it maybe yeah N- never occurred to me yeah. it's maybe i don't know it's kind of the sleeper of the one of the sleepers for me what well, mm-hmm. like romantic tempo kind of like eagles 
Yeah, I maybe. I just I just know there's about two and a half minutes of guitar it toward is. the end of it. It's I think it's the longest song on the album. It's maybe. a relaxing song. It kind of like washes over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, six thirty-seven. It's it beats out "Hungry No More" by about twenty some odd seconds. Well, as long as we're we'll stick with the beautiful people here, the next track <laughs> is "The World." Um, and it's not a Tom song. Let's give that a little listen before we play anything about or play that or say anything about that. <laughs> on beautiful world that's a randall marsh um mm-hmm. definitely not my favorite although i did tend to rank the ones that tom didn't sing toward the bottom um when i put this one beautiful world number nine for me okay. yeah i don't remember where i ranked it either but you know it's it's a good song yeah, yeah you I, were I, right. oh sorry go ahead Aaron. oh it's beautiful yeah you were number seven for beautiful world phil was also me? number nine like me yeah um, I think I Lisa it ranked it number four. Lisa liked it the most of any of us. Yeah. It, it was just more upbeat for me. Yeah. And then for me, I want music to lift me. So yeah. that's why I, that's what I like music that lifts me. Yep. It's certainly not a skipper or anything. I don't think there are any skippers on this album, but no, no. Philip pointed out there's like an almost uh, traveling Wilburys kind of aesthetic to it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. To the song or to the album? To the song. Yeah. The album, I mean, different. Oh, okay. Remember that uh, George Harrison song, I Got My Mind Set on You? Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, You know what? I I haven't even been looking at my notes. I've just been kind of going. Beautiful world. I just wrote, I'm not crazy about the lead vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Well, now, who was it? Just because it's a Marsh song, who was singing it? Marsh. Oh, Randall okay. Marsh. That, yeah, that was yeah. the point, right? If you wrote the song, it kind of, you kind of got Yeah, pretty much. It. Usually, yeah. if you write the song, you sing it. Like, okay. even Ben Montench sings on one of these. Yep, he does. Yeah, I that, like one that one wasn't my favorite either. And you like that one? <laughs> I do like that one because it is I so like different. Ben and I like Ben Mont too, but it's definitely more. Ben Montench, the third. The third. That is kind of an Ascotty name, Ben Montench, isn't it? The third. Well, his father was a judge. Yeah. So okay, I, I can imagine. Okay, now I'm now I'm envisioning uh, fucking Thurston Howell. Thur- Thurston Howell oh. goes rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> he chucks it all. Yeah. Gives up lovey for the groupies. Uh, yeah, her Thurston Howell too. But I'm thinking of because uh, he was like Thurston and, and, <laughs> and uh, my cousin Vinny. Uh man, yeah. that, that pun was intended and bad. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Well, okay. So let's let's move on to I forgive it all. She'll keep up for me there. I forgive it all. I forgive it all. I forgive it all. 
I forgive it all, Aaron. The bad pun and everything. <laughs> now, I will say for this um, one, if you didn't, beautiful you should and go sad and watch are my it. only notes. <laughs> it is beautiful. Um, look up the video for this. Um, it's actually directed by Sean Penn, but I do recommend looking this one up. It's a beautiful video. It's all black and white. And there is a very famous actor in this video. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it. Oh, and cool. it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I love this one. I have a lot. I have, re, you know, relatively speaking, a lot of notes, all, only a couple lines, but I didn't take a lot of notes overall. But to me, it might mean a little bit of room at the top. Um, yep. Uh, there's just great poetry in it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. people are what you make them. And that ain't going to change. You know, it's also reminds me a little bit of like uh hallelujah, you know, Le- Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, I, I can imagine. So obviously it's very folksy, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it is a beautiful melody that I could, I could, I could also imagine Bob Dylan singing it somehow. Sure. I will say that this song was incredible live. Sounds like a Bob Dylan title. Yeah, it does. I Kinda forgive cruise. it all. I, you know, I forgive it all, you know. Beyond all else, I forgive it all. Yeah, <laughs> totally. entirely different song then. When, <laughs> but yeah. uh, yeah, I just I, made up I, the words there. I don't even. No, yeah, but I, yeah, I agree. It, it, Dylan definitely, you can imagine it. It's it, it's a Dylan-y title, mm-hmm. for sure. I ranked it really high. I gave it four and a half. I think it's hard to believe Dylan outlived Betty and Harrison. Right, right. Yep, it's crazy, isn't it? It really is. All right. Roy Orbison, I could see going first. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's the oldest. I think he died of complications from diabetes, if I remember. Yeah. He died happy. He just found out he was like number one. Mm-hmm. Or uh, traveling Wilburys had just like hit number one on the charts or something like that. Okay. Yeah. He, he just found out like the night before and woke up dead. Yep. Woke up dead. The other side of the mountain. Let's play a little bit of this bluegrass uh, picker. Seems like you're so far away, and I just don't know what I can do. On the other side of the mountain, where I long, I long to be, to be with you. But this mountain. I can hear the intro to this in my head. Bum bum bum. There it is. All right, Dave. What do you think of that one? I really like the other side of the mountain. Um, I really like when they get kind of psycho, uh, kind of psychedelic hillbilly on some of these songs. Uh, this one is sung by Tom Ledden, right? Yeah. 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 Tom Ledden. I, I really enjoyed this one. My notes are: love the banjo, hate the vocals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where my score went down. The vocals. I I like it all around. I think Tom Ledden's voice was good for this song. Um, I I love the I just I love the banjo. I love the guitar. I love all of it. I I really enjoy this song. Yeah, Lisa and I both ranked it last. Phil ranked it second last. Yeah, and <laughs> Thea this. had it right in the middle, number six. Yep, I enjoy this one a lot. Right. Well, I, yeah, I, I hate to, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a strong album, so you find these, uh, you know, this is it's hard. Stuff. I like yeah. it better every time I hear it, though. 
that, yeah. that would, it, it would probably grow on me more. Right. Um, some good poetry in there. When your spirit moves around the room, I can't help but do the right thing wrong. I thought that was pretty clever. You know who I could hear singing this song? I could hear Roger McGuinn singing this song. <laughs> Roger McGuinn. Yeah, why not? Has he ever done bluegrass? I don't know about bluegrass, but um, uh, there is a funny little story that has to do with Tom Petty and, and uh, Roger McGuinn. Roger McGuinn heard American Girl and asked, when did I release that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then Petty was basically responsible for putting him back on the map and getting his career back um, because he really he produced uh, Roger McGuinn's um, was it some back, back from, from Rio. Rio. Yeah. Which is a which is a really good good album. It's yeah. a really our, phenomenal album. He, he's our, on my bucket our high school list. Our friend Eatsock turned us on, turned me onto that. Tim, Miller. I would love to see Roger McGuinn live. Okay, now we'll have to do a Roger McGuinn because I don't have any any point of reference of who he is. Uh, we could just do he's a Roger McGuinn in general. The birds. The birds. Yeah, wanna... well, that's what we're saying. We could do a Roger McGuinn in general, or yeah. we could pick an album. So he was the lead singer of the Birds. He was, yeah, he was one of the singers in The Birds. Okay. All right. So that. And worked. he was on, he he was part of uh, Bob Dylan's infamous and massive failure of a tour, the Rolling Thunder Review. Oh. He was, he was a part of that too. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I love about the show. It always spawns other things to listen to. Mm-hmm. When I'm editing, I, I write this stuff down and sometimes I'll check it out when I take a break or whatever. But, um, yeah. So next up is we should make Hope. an episode of your findings after doing those. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, well, yeah, we could do. Yeah. We could do. I a bet it happens episodes. every time. You're like, well, I wish I'd have been able to, you know, mention this and this. Right. We right. We, could, we could do a couple of episodes just on the birds, not any particular album, but just like on the different yeah. members and just all Tom the different. Petty loved the birds. He did. He really did. In fact, you know, he, they, they did a lot of covers of the birds. Yeah. Um, you know, so you want to be a rock and roll star. Yeah. Um, Playbacks full of birds covers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Incredible band. All right. Well, so num- the seventh track, we're moving right along here down to the railroad track here. Um, yep. So if this was, if this was the Steve Vai album, this would be the best track. Uh, That's his thing. You know, he, he, his thing is to stick the best track at track number seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, hope leads off. Let, well, let's play a little bit of hope here. So there's some keyboard in this, obviously. Um, one day I'll pay you back for showing me the world in black. Kinda Sounds like it. a Grateful Dead lyric. Mm-hmm. Kind of does. Yeah, I thought that was provocative. I couldn't quite make out what he meant by that. But uh gives it kind of a 60s bass line. Guitar solo is reminiscent of the Ventures a little bit. 60s. So it's really, I feel like this one was really kind of a retro 60s, maybe influenced by the birds even um so we're just talking about them we're talking about hope yeah yep my note or um my note is uh this sounds an awful lot like i don't want to fight from the heartbreakers echo album yeah now i I can see that too singing seems to have like an interrogative uh it was interrogative in tone 
you know. Um, so I gave it a three and a half, which is, I guess, right, right probably puts it right about the middle of the pack on my scale. All right. Oh, yeah, I do like this one. You give me hope. Yeah. Yeah. You give me dreams. That kind of psychedelic sound. Yeah. The organ. The organ There's all right. Mr. Ben Montench on the organs there. Yeah. The third. All right. The other. Where, where'd I rank hope? I ranked hope number number eight, actually. I'm surprised yeah. I didn't rate it higher. Well, a couple more listens. Maybe you would have moved it up the ranks. Yeah, Thea and I both ranked it eight. Yeah. Lisa ranked it ten. Phil ranked it seven. Phil liked it best. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know, I like things that are this, uh, is, this is groovy, man. I'm listening to it in the background right now as I'm talking. Yep. That I like things that guitar are in the background or you're right, the ventures sorta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might not have picked up on that the last listen. Well, it's like a whole uh, salad bar of music here. Sometimes you miss mm-hmm. the uh, the nice amenities. You know, go, go, go layers. Back yeah. and again, there's other songs that you just got to rank ahead of it too. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Well, speaking of Benmont, Mr. Tench, he did the next track, number eight, "Welcome to Hell." Let's listen. Welcome to, to Hell, Population Two. <laughs> Welcome to hell Population me Local attraction The heartbreak sea The smell in the air Of night blooming despair By the dry wish and well How oh, welcome to hell Yeah So <laughs> it's got a doo-wop feel to it Kind of, yeah. Rockabilly feel, yeah. Kind of that too. I I thought it was kind of jukeboxy. Yeah, yeah. I like Like it. I like this one too. Hanging out in the bar with your friends—that's something that you would, you know, because even though it's a a kind of negative subject, it's a bouncy kind of, you know. Yeah, that's a funny juxtaposition. I like. I I like. (laughs) Yep, that's it's a good one. It's perfect for these venues you were talking about, small venue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yep. Right up on top of the band, you know, and everybody's. I'll tell jammed. you this if Tom was singing it, I'd have probably ranked it five, four or five songs higher than I did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to hear the other voices too. That's what I like about yeah. my but crutch. They're, they're still, you know, that's their bottom of my list here. This is my number 10. It's a different yeah, band. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a rollicking rock. And then, and uh, you got Tom on the, on the harmonies in the chorus. Yep. Right. I can, the, the banging uh, piano reminds me of, you never can tell a little bit by Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can tell Ben Montage wrote this one. It's all piano. Oh yeah. Band. Oh yeah. Big time. All right. The uh, third. Sorry, even, ben. even when it was someone else writing the song, it wasn't his daddy. Song, and it wasn't his granddaddy. It still fits the vibe of the album. And it, oh, yeah. and it still feels, I'm not saying it doesn't belong on the album. Right. 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 No. I'm just saying that I like that. Yeah. For sure. Lisa really liked this one. She ranked it number two. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm listening to the next one. Save your water. I wanted to hide you. But when they got deep inside you, it's a big mess. And you know me better now and you see I'm in the middle. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I think that was my yeah. number two. And I'm Great liking, song. 
I'm liking this better right now than I than I gave it credit for in my score. So yeah, um, I like this song a lot. Yeah, you're a match that I've burned. You're a page that I have turned. Um, Save your water, yeah. woman. I won't drink out of your stream. Mm-hmm. It's another very Tom Petty song. Mm-hmm. Kind of but folky. Got a bird's feel to yeah, it a little that's, bit. That's my notes. This is such all caps and such a Tom Petty song, comma snarky mm-hmm. humor. Ellipsis. Yep. yep, for sure. Absolutely. He did away with the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm succinct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you think it is? Aaron, you said that you would have ranked the previous song four or five slots higher if Tom had. Yeah. Uh, is it? I mean, what is it about? What was it about his voice? His just about Benmont's voice or Tom's voice? Tom, Tom's that, you know, know. it would have been more playful play- coming out of Tom's voice. Yeah. So how do you yeah. elevate the bass player? Because there was another singer and the, and he was he left. Maybe initially he wasn't. Maybe initially he didn't want to be the like the front. Yeah, well, it could I, have been him. You can almost tell that he, he that went way. kicking and screaming because he, he wasn't. He was kind of like, shy. Yeah, like uh, Thea mentioned, he's he was shy. But there yeah. is some. There's mm-hmm. a quality to his voice. It's just yeah, you know, man. Right, right. Or something. I agree. It. It's like I don't know. Almost like he's kind of like, really? Really? Am I the singer? Really? I'm just plain old sandwiched in between. So save your water, woman. I won't drink out of your stream. Right. I start like, okay, so we we started this episode last week and I started going off on a tangent and and I don't know if everybody was on board with me, but I feel like Tom is the type of guy that if you're a guy, he's he's a guy you want to have as as a good friend, right? And and you're a guy, he's a guy. Women are comfortable with Tom, with his whole, you know, with his whole. We're saying, are you telling me chicks dig Tom Petty? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No fucking way. (laughs) That ugly bitch. Let me write that down. This is the type of revelation that you get when you tune in. If you're looking for a reason (laughs) to tune into our podcast, this is the type of shit you get. Yep. The rock star. Deep, baby. Deep. But. Anyway, yeah, that, that was a really Chicks good one. I would say that you were comfortable. Petty, got it. I would re-rank this higher. I would re-rank, re-rank Save Your Water higher if I were to do it again. You know, but yeah. I, was, I was like looking at my rankings and I was thinking, is that really? And and the way it worked is it's just about what I liked a little better. Not that I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to rank this one higher, mm-hmm. you know? But it's just about the song I liked a little bit better than that one. Right. This was my right. number two. It was Thea's number four. Mm-hmm. It was Lisa's number seven and Phil's number 11. Phil ranked it last. Wow. Yeah, oh. I feel I'm embarrassed. I don't have to be embarrassed. You got to rank them <laughs> nah. all somewhere. But, but I think yeah, it's exactly. Like, but yeah, I, w- no, I wouldn't have put the Benmont song ahead of it for sure. Right. No. Um, so Jeremy says that he can he can nail these on one listen. Didn't he tell us that, Aaron, when we were on one of our shows? It's like I can't. I, I'm glad yeah. for him, you know, because he yeah. got, you know, I got the research as long, but I can't. I can't nail it all. I got to yeah. listen to an album three times. That's kind of yeah. I, I recommend for it sure. if you're if you're gonna dive into it. Right, mm-hmm. but I, I have something. to put an album on repeat and just listen and listen and listen and, yeah. and let it sink yeah. in. I mean, a minimum of three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and I need to do, well, I kind of like that thing where you can go in, you can pull up the album on, on either YouTube or Spotify, 
and then you can play that particular album. I can't do the whole repeat thing simply because for me, a lot of the times the songs will run together and I have no idea what I just listened to. So I Mm. need to be, I need to be actively involved. I can't just play that. That's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that, that album that uh, Tim, Tim uh, O'Connor brought to us, the, uh, the Todd Rundgren, uh, a wizard, a true star. Right. That, that was definitely, there was no, there was no transitions in that album at all. Hardly It seemed like it was. Mm -hmm. like So it was like, how am I going to rate this song? If I don't know which song I'm listening to. Well, he, right. he didn't. He, on that album specifically, Todd didn't want the songs like released as singles or even thought of as songs. He wanted the whole record taken as a piece, as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what were we calling them? We we wouldn't call every time we'd say song, we'd say no. They're it's just an index. <laughs> they're right, indices. Right. He correct <laughs> us every time we called something a song. It was fun. <laughs> he is a, a uh, he's an instructor. So. That was his instructor coming out. Yeah, mm. it was fun. Yeah, it was good. we got to have him back on. He's a good guest, mm-hmm. Tim is, and Connie too. <laughs> we get to catch up with him. Yeah, yeah. All right, victim of circumstance. We're getting down to it. We got two more tracks here. Victim of circumstance. Let's play a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Thea, what, what what do you like about that one? Everything. Um, most especially, <laughs> most especially the fact that Mike Campbell sings it. And outside of Mud Crutch, this was the first time anybody had heard Mike Campbell's voice. Because much, Mud Crutch. Out, outside of Mud Crutch. Or I'm sorry. Um, this was the first time anybody had really heard Mike Campbell's voice unless you you'd seen him live with uh um with OG Mike, Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs. Uh, no, he never sang because he sounded so much like Tom. But uh, I love this. I love the way he sings it. I love the quick, the just the quick tempo of it, um, just the fastness of it. It's it's great and it paints a real good picture. It's mm-hmm. just a straight rocker. I love it. Is a uh, is Knobs spelled with a K or an N? K N O B S. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know how they yeah. spelled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm like sure the background harmonies on the rolling down easy part. I think that's the best yep. part of the song. Yeah, yeah. I might get lost. I might get found. Reminds me of the band. Yep. Take yeah. a load off. Yeah, the weight. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's another nice rockabilly jam, kind of. And uh, Baby, I found that sometimes please. the bass sounds, I don't know if this was just because of where I was listening to it, but it sounded like a vibrating cell phone, even though there wasn't one every time yeah. you hit the bass note. Yeah, so that's a good one. Me. This is okay. <laughs> no, no. This was one of my favorites. All just all around. I love this. Yeah, it was just a complete shocker. Just the the way it comes in and just bam. It looks like we all kind of ranked this one pretty high. Um, it can be danced too, which is good for Lisa. Mm-hmm. She gave it a five, I believe. This has to be your number one. I guess it is. Yeah, pretty sure. 
Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Ranked at five or five. Not, not that well, one. What I do is yeah. when I'm doing my rankings, I give mm-hmm. each song a score based on my first impression. Then yeah. I listen to them again. So I'll like, if I have two fives, I'll listen to both of them and see which one I like better. Right. Then I'll listen yeah. to my four and a halves. And, mm-hmm. you know, very, very seldom, but sometimes one of my four and a halves might move up. One of my fives might move down. Right. So, you know, I listen to, and then I listen to my threes and I kind of put them in. I like this three better than that three. So, gotcha. Bracketology. So, so that's, that's how, that's how I do it to organize it. But we're, you know, I guess we're all doing this. Aaron, or Aaron is listening. I, I do it a little differently. Them. I think I, I go through each one do i like it better than the songs before it and i'll slide it in that spot yeah yeah kind of in real time rather than rather than having two fives i'll say well this this one takes the place of that gotcha and if mike campbell here was here he'd be like it's so arbitrary and it's like yeah just enjoy the album what are you doing yeah i I ranked it number five phil also ranked it number five lisa ranked it number one right lisa loves it Lisa yeah. Loves it for yeah. sure. And um, before we talk about Thea's ranking, we'll discuss Hungry No More. Right. Okay. Hungry No More. Let's play a little bit of that. Won't be here when winter comes. Okay, Thea, I just want to know why you hate Hungry No More. Just kidding. She ranked it last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, I ranked it, it number six. It, it's right in the middle for me. It, yeah, it's an okay song. It, it's good. It's, you know, again, nothing's a skipper. I don't have, there's nothing it's bad it. on There's another one with good uh, Mike Campbell guitar, I thought. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Just not my favorite. Yeah, this one's another sad one. I think maybe the protagonist is going to die. Yeah. Right. Can't Which live on nothing at all. Considering Tom didn't, you know, stay with us much longer than this, yeah, it's mildly prophetic. Right, right. It's that could yeah. take the edge off of it for yeah, some kind of similar vibe to "I Forgive It All." I think this song. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. It, it fits uh, well on the album. Paints a picture of poverty. That was kind of, uh, kind of, you know, yeah. brings down the the whole album. The, the, you got trailer to lead it off, right? Yeah. I don't know if I was having a bad day, but the negativity appears to have uh, inspired me because it was one of my higher scored songs. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, I thought it was substantial is what yeah. I would say about it. Yeah, Phil and Lisa both ranked at three. Yeah. It's a mood. Where'd I put it? Yeah. I put it six and yeah, you put it 11. Yeah. I feel like it, it expresses yeah. a kind of a disillusionment with organized religion, which is something that I can totally understand. Mm. Um, and what's funny is I remember being at the show and there were these ladies that were standing next to me that were like the whole time this was on, like they were having a religious experience with it. And I was just like, really? If I had it to do over, I'd probably swap hope and hungry no more. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the guitar's good in it. I just, yeah, I just thought that, uh, it made more of a, 
it took more of a position than some of the other songs in the album, which is not necessarily for everybody, but for me that yeah gives it points. yeah exactly so, yeah yeah it, well, it it for me once you realize of, he's gonna die, I ain't gonna be hungry no more is a different meaning yeah right. and, and that too, I think that might have inspired because listening to the song right now, it's playing in the background and listening to it, it's like hmm, why did I make that so high? But I do still, you know, I still think it, I like it better than a couple of the others. Definitely. Mike Campbell's such an underrated guitarist. I just got to throw that out there again. Yeah, he he is. He is. He's starting to get the notoriety he deserves. But yeah, I I, I think he's been still, underrated for a lot of years. If he'd live another hundred years, he'd still be an underrated guitarist. Yeah. And he's a pretty damn good songwriter too, you know? I mean, Boys of Summer. That jaunty little tune that made Don Henley oh, in his solo career. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's all you know, for him. Um, That's why he's, he's got that big house in the hills in Encino. He's respected everywhere. Um, he even did a couple of guitar solos for my favorite punk rock band, Bad Religion. Oh, wow. Yep. So he's like the guitar. He's like the band's guitar player. Like, a, I don't know, like the musician's musician or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to, I don't usually go in reverse order, but I'm going to read the, the rankings in reverse All right. order. All right. Uh, so um, number 11, The Other Side of the Mountain. Number 10, Hope. Number nine, Welcome to Hell. <laughs> number eight, Beautiful World. Number seven, Save Your Water. Number six, Hungry No More. Number five, Beautiful Blue. Number four, I Forgive It All. Number three, Trailer. And then we had a tie for numbers one and two, Dreams of Flying and Victim of Circumstance. All right. Well, and if we go alphabetically, the winner is Dreams of Flying. And if we go by our guest's rankings, she had Dreams of Flying number one, Victim of Circumstance number two. Now, so I think I'd no matter how bangers. we slice it, Dreams of Flying is the banger. Well, well, that that their song right there is a real banger. It's a banger. It's a banger. It's a banger. The banger. And where did the rest it's a of real banger? The it's the banger, from? but victim victim of circumstance is the mash. The mash. For sure. Okay. Banger and the mash. All right. Bangers and mash. Nice. I like bangers and mash. Yeah, yeah. me too. So eventually we're, we're comprising a list now. This is like our 10th. We almost got a full album of bangers. Cool. Oh, we're going to uh, rank the bangers one day. Yeah. Oh my. Maybe we'll do a show. Maybe we'll do a bracket. You know, we'll do a bracket for once. I don't know. But... Oh, that would be cool. But unfortunately, our first few uh, Aaron's audio edibles were not done th- with this format. There's a couple that are uh, lacking yeah. a banger. So we can go back and rank. Well, we them. still ranked them. Yeah, we can go back and do that. Yeah. 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 Didn't, I mean, yeah. But go back right. and rank Ween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be. Might have mm-hmm. to listen to that again, Lise. Been a while get... for you, I okay. bet. We'd have to get uh, Nick involved. You know what? I listened to. Uh, I did listen to the uh, mol- the uh, first song on the Mollusk the other day. I started to listen to it, and somebody interrupted me, and I never went back to it. So. Mm. Those bastards! Yeah. <laughs> you bastards! <laughs> they killed Kenny. All right, Thea. It's been a blast. Uh, you want to go of ahead? Course. Dancing in the show tonight? Is that what you're talking about, Phil? Yeah, I got about. Uh, 30 seconds into that, and then somebody says, hey, 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 I got a problem with my browser. Uh, like, oh, boy. Yeah. Your IT These guy, porn you know, sites won't come up anymore. 
I left you. Where am I going to see my wee wees and my hoo hoos? <laughs> hoo has. Hoo has. Yes. Yeah. Is the appropriate term. So, do you want to think us of what little they little said bit. in South Park? Let's have your uh, let's have your pimp out rock and roll heaven here. Let's find, let's what's going on with the the gang there. Well, we're still working on Waylon. Still Waylon with Waylon. We're still Waylon with Waylon. And the Whalers. Um. Yep. It's it's still going strong there. It's been a really entertaining series. It's been really good. Um, I've been enjoying the cocaine now thoroughly. I think he's off of the cocaines now, too. Um, But, you know, we'll see whether whatever what other hijinks are coming up. Will he ever try again? Don't know. So but, yeah, it's been a really good series on Waylon. A lot of fun. Um, I think we've got Greg Allman. Nothing other than Dukes of Hazard about Waylon Jennings and that he traveled and he toured with Willie. Yeah, going into and it. I think so it's it's been a fun ride. Yeah, and I believe we've got Greg Allman coming up next. Yeah. Dwayne Allman. Oh, Dwayne Allman. Excuse me, Dwayne Allman uh, coming up next. So looking forward to that too. Uh, we're still doing. A, we're still working on the the draft from like two years ago. Right. So <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It takes well, the time that it takes. But yeah, check out Rock and yeah. Roll Heaven Pod. Once once Michael Jackson set the precedent at twenty, however many episodes, it's oh, all bets gosh. are off. That was a marathon, well, but I, I appreciate the detail. Yeah, me too. That's that's the thing. Absolutely, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if Will. I wonder he's. They all write this. I mean, it's all scripted. They all, you know, the, yeah. the story is completely laid out usually before they even start the whole series. So I wonder how lengthy Will's is on the Dwayne Allman. That's going to be a good one. Too. I don't think they're scripted, but they do a lot of research on them. Yeah. Right, scripted yeah. might not be the right term, but yeah. Probably. A lot of paperwork. And I, I, yeah. I remember Travis saying in some of the slap nuts that he's still writing the, the upcoming, you know, way yeah. an episode or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But yep. he does have a vision of how many more. There's like three yeah. to get. We're getting there. Yep. All so, right. But yeah, this has been a blast, everyone. Yep. Yep. Enjoyed it. Thanks yeah, for thanks, having thanks me to, again. Um, thanks to Travis for shouting us out a few times, too, on Rock oh, and Roll. Yeah. That's, oh, heckin' yeah. 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 Makes you and feel thank you, Thea, for joining us today. Of course, thanks for, for having bringing, me, you guys. For it was bringing a lot Mud of fun. Crutch into our lives. For sure. For sure. Get out there and enjoy it. Now check out Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs. We'll do. Very All good. Right. All right. Have a great day, everyone. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Yeah.